Hi. Hello. Welcome. Have you heard the good news about the jellyfish in Walden Pond? Excuse me? I was going to say, have you heard the good news about our special guest? We do have a special guest this week. I'm Kat slash Dylan, and I use they, them pronouns. I'm Sophia, and we're joined this week by... Pronouns? My, oh, and I use she, her pronouns. And we're, I got so excited that, because we're joined this week by my dog. Yeah? And potentially at some point, my cats. Who's to say? They do love me. They're somewhere. Um, Alice is probably down on, in my brother's room, and Skittles is who knows where. We're recording in person at Sophia's house. Yeah. I'm actually going to twist so I'm facing the microphone. Oh, oh no. <laughs> it's currently um, stuck inside my couch. Yeah, it's, it's wedged between the couch cushions, like yeah. a professional podcasting okay. setup. Um, um, but don't worry, we both have, as my friend who will get on the show at some point, Harry, said we both have our Fauci ouchies. <laughs> Um, he was here the other Does day. Does Harry know that I love him? <laughs> I'm sure he knows. Um, but we both have our Fauci ouchies, which means that we can both be here. Because he was here the other day, and he asked if he could come in. And he said, don't worry, I have my Fauci ouchie. And I said, I've never heard that before, but that's literally, like, the best thing I've ever heard. But is, is this the, this is the, the famous Walden Pond? Yes. Oh yeah. Ta- speaking of Walden Pond, I got I was looking for articles and Wired was like, "Did you know that there's jellyfish in Walden Pond?" And I was like, "In the Boston area, and Walden Pond is really famous." It's the it's the piss pond. Freshwater jellyfish. Um, my. Well, I assume they're freshwater jellyfish. I didn't even know freshwater jellyfish existed. Um, so they are tiny. Apparently, it doesn't say how big they are. Um, but it's. What? Sorry, this article refers to uh, uh, Walden Pond as Massachusetts's deepest natural puddle. I mean, it is because it's a kettle pond. It's a kettle pond, yeah. <laughs> um. I anyway, love a kettle pond. Uh. So, th- I I skimmed this article because I was fascinated. There's a picture. I believe they're like not quite microscopic, but very tiny. Like is you probably. It says don't panic. Oh, okay. <laughs> there uh well the the so this article comes to us from Wired. It is by Jessica Lee Hester. Um and it's the headline is Walden Pond is now teeming with jellyfish, but don't panic. These tiny jellyfish or sorry, these tiny jellies, which derived sometime after Henry David Thoreau. Are an example of how a non-native species can coexist peacefully in a new environment. So I guess they were brought here somehow. I mean, it's a cattle pond, so there's only one way in. Yeah, there. Yeah. The sky. The, the sky. Um. Yeah, they're about the size of a pen, between the size of a penny and a nickel. That's cool. We were on the beach for my birthday, and we uh, were. We saw. I don't remember what they're actually called. You. Call they're, that's they're what they're colloquially referred to I've as. I've never been more disgusted and offended in my entire life. I don't like... I don't... I, I don't have the same thing with jellyfish as I do with um, horseshoe crabs. But I also don't want jellyfish... Near. I want jellyfish away from me in a di- for a different reason in that I don't like slimy things on my bo- near me, you know? Okay. Um... 
Sorry. Sorry, I got distracted because I was Googling condom jellyfish. Oh, boy. Well, you know how you just don't want slimy things touching you? Yeah. They, they scare me. Um... can comprehend deep space well enough to fear it as much as I should, you know? That's my thing. Like, I can I can think about a big old scary fish that lives at the bottom of the ocean. I can think about those fucking weird spider crabs and whatever else lives down there. But I, I completely agree with you, and this is why I want to have a podcast with Jaya. The ocean genuinely, like, I know enough about the ocean for it to, like, genuinely scare the I can, scare the fuck out of me. I can conceptualize, like, barely, but I can conceptualize how deep the ocean is by, like, looking at, like... I've seen that graphic. Yeah. yeah. I cannot, for the life of me, comprehend the vastness of space. Space scares the fuck out of me in a different way. I am afraid of space existentially. I'm afraid of the ocean in a very real, tangible, have you seen the fucking things that live down there kind of way. So I, have you seen, what is it, Love, Death, and Robots? No. I meant to, and then I didn't. It's great. But there's one episode where there's this, she's a space satellite tech, and something comes and like hits her off the, her thing and like damages her air tank. Or whatever. Oof. Big scary. she has like 15 minutes to live or whatever. She literally, like, this is what scares the fuck out of me about space. Because she's literally, like, floating off. And, like, has, like, her rescue's not going to get there in time. Do you know what she does? Not to, like, it's a, whatever. Spoilers, whatever, for this one episode. But she literally, like, takes off an arm of her suit and throws it to get momentum. Because, you know, it's like, um... But freezes her arm, and then she misses grabbing the thing. God, that's so scary. So scary. But do you know what she does after that? Because you gotta do what you gotta do to survive. Because her arm has frozen, she breaks off her fucking arm and throws her arm into the void of space. I cannot handle space. To try to get back into her... Like, pod. She does. I mean, the, the things survives. you need to do to survive. She does. Like, it's she, like the, the 127 hours who chews off his leg. He, he, like, sawed his arm off. Yeah, yeah. It's like the things you do to make sure that you live. Like, she gets back into her, like, satellite pod. But, like, the whole thing is set up as, like, she had to go, because of, like, budget cuts or whatever by the corporation... She had to go on a solo mission instead of the usual that they usually send them with two people. Mm-hmm. But she had to go on her own, and you know, yeah. All of them, all of the episodes are are very very good, and um, super. They they're all. It's really it's a very good show. Um, um, but that episode in particular, like, oh my god, something about it just like. Part of me is like, oh my god, I want to go to space. Space is so interesting. I want to know more about it. And then the other part of me is like, holy fuck, I don't like it. Um, 
Yeah. I love the concept of space in sci-fi where it's like, this is this is just how we live kind of deal. Like, I could not be an astronaut. Oh, fuck that. But okay. if there were like, if, if like, like in sci-fi, there was like, like little civil, I, I hate the word colonies. Because, like, that implies colonialization. But if there's nobody living there, it's just, you know. Outposts. Outposts. I, like, I feel like I, could, I would like hanging out on the International Space Station kind of deal. Yeah. Like, I could never be a space explorer. But so I could. That, oh, dude, but really? I could. I feel like I could adjust to living. So. In I, a, like, like, a community. Yeah. An established space community. I love Star Trek. I think, well, I don't love it. Like, I'm not a fan of it. <laughs> I'm not a fan of it, but I do love it. I, I really, conceptually, part of me is like, I really like Star Trek from a standpoint of what it is. And I think it's really interesting of like space exploration. But then the other part of me is like, who the fuck would sign up to do that? Like, you're signing up to go on a ship into the unknown void of space for however many fucking years, and you don't know what the hell is going to happen. Like, what the hell? Like, dude, that's fucking... I don't like... I don't fucking... I don't fucking like it. Um, I, I don't know. I like the movies. That I find them enjoyable. The new ones. Because what's-his-face, the old guy who played Kirk, isn't he... He's kind of just like a jerk. That's what I've heard. Is that William Shatner? Yeah. I know. I know very little about William Shatner except that he he's just, infamous for overacting. That and I've heard he's. I, I don't think he's done anything particularly like bad. I just think I've just heard he's kind of a, a jerk. I would believe that. He's I just. He's like, got that energy, you I know. I do really like Chris Pine though. Chris Pine's a cool guy. He's know? a Canadian. Chris Pine? No. Really in yeah. Yeah. That's a fun silence we stumbled into. Sorry, I'm... <laughs> um, so, like, under William Shatner, you know how there's, like, Googled, like, the most Googled questions yes. that you can kind of, like, skim, skim through? Yeah. Um, one of them is, what disease does William Shatner have? And I was like, oh, it's tinnitus. Oh, um, cool. Is, I'm going to Google, is William Shatner nice? No. The answer is probably no, is what I'm going to guess. My phone does not want me to spell Shatner. It keeps saying Shatter. Mm. And I'm like, no. Um, how big of a jerk is William Shatner is the question that comes up when you Google, is William Shatner nice? Jesus. I think that tells you all you need to know. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, he's apparently, apparently he's like charming and friendly, but he's got a really big ego. He's kind of a diva is the, he's a bit of a diva. Um, and he doesn't always want to interact with fans, which like, understandable. Yeah. Whenever people are like, I hate this celebrity because this celebrity isn't nice to fans. Can you imagine how exhausting it would be to be, like, really famous? And, like, every time you do anything, people are like, oh, my God, Kirk. <laughs> I don't know what Kirk, I don't know what, what you would say. Like, no, no, yeah. no, but, like, 
I can't imagine, but like that level of fame for such a long time. Us, yeah, for such a long time. The 1960s, was yeah, it the 60s, yeah, when, and then. And then, but then the Star Trek also spawned, like, so many spin-offs. Yeah. And so many other things. Like, holy shit, can you just imagine all of that? So, on top of that, he has a massive ego, but also yeah. he doesn't want to interact with fans. So then people are like, yeah, but you've got, like, you owe everything to your fans. Also, like, we don't have to get too into this. Because, like, <laughs> whatever. Fan culture and blah, blah, yeah. blah. It's like... People are like, you owe everything to your fans. You should be nice to them, blah, blah, blah. It's like, on the one hand, yes. But on the other hand, like, they are also people too. That is a human person. Or what's the, it's, that is a human. The 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 Bill Wirtz, that is a human person. Yeah. I don't remember the tune, but. Yeah. It's like, they are also a human person trying to, like, you are outside of their home. <laughs> yeah. What is, I was literally thinking about this the other night. Um, what's the celebrity who, I, I, she she said she'd never get married because she doesn't want people in her house? Oh, I don't know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. I'm Googling it. I don't know, like, yeah. I, uh, but it's like, you are in, you are like. Whoopi Goldberg. Right. right on right. marriage. I don't want somebody in my house. Yeah. Or like the, the selling the maps to people's houses thing. It's so weird to me. I don't understand it. Um, if I ever become rich and famous, I am making a fake house. This is why I want And I'm just letting whoever wants to live there free of charge. And then I'm going to go find a cabin in the woods. <laughs> like, like, I'm fine. Nobody tell on me, okay? If this podcast... But podcasters don't get famous That's, like that famous. This is my thing. I feel this is my thing. Podcast level fame. Mm-hmm. Where the people who know you know you, but you're not getting, you can still go out in like wherever you live. But you can't call a Chipotle in your neighborhood. <laughs> Bingo. Where it's like the people who know you know you. And like you could get on any average day potentially stopped on the street and ask for a picture. And that's cool, but you can also go about and live your daily life and nobody will give a shit, mm. but you're not getting stopped all the time and the paparazzi don't give a shit. Yeah. Because, like, that's the thing, like, like, people fucking, yeah, it's so weird, like, it's, it's um. so weird, it's so weird that people are, like, following people, like, yeah. what, like, Um, this is your, this is your annual reminder. Um, celebrities are people, which means like leave them alone, but it also means that they're fallible. So like, don't put, don't, don't love them. Yeah. (laughs) Don't love anyone. They're just going to disappoint. No, but like every, I feel like every year there's like some celebrity that I was like, oh, I've always thought of this person as being really cool. And then I find out that they're like a predator. (laughs) <laughs> predator um a predator or like homophobic secretly or whatever no i know what you mean so like take celebrities with 
the biggest some salt the biggest grain of an salt. amount of salt the biggest one of those like himalayan salt lamps yeah that size grain of salt or like a one of them things that you give a horse oh a salt lick yeah 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 um dude i had a dream where i like somebody i knew had one of those in their room not like a lamp <laughs> But, like, they just had a salt lick. And I was like, why do you have a salt lick? And they are like, I just like salt. Just like, you know, when you're eating some under-seasoned food, you just want to... <laughs> I made a licking... I, it might have picked it up. It was <laughs> um, so I sort of have kind of, like, two articles, but it's one story, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Sadibe, who's a former... Um, he, I guess he's a former Major League Soccer player, is running, he ran three, he finished this run, but he ran 3,000 miles from California to New York. Um, and basically, this is so, I, so I followed him, um, I saw it on, I saw this on TikTok, and I saw that he was doing this. He, running 14 hours a day, Bergen Man, Bergen? I don't know where this is. I think it's a county in Jersey, because this is from NorthJersey.com. Mm. Um, Bergen Man makes it from California to New York in 84 days. So this is from Marsha A. Schultz. Um, cross-country runner, Hella Sidibe. New- Sidibe? I feel like I'm getting it wrong. It looks, it looks like Sidibe. It, it is Sidibe, but my B's and D's. Again, mm-hmm. the B's and the D's. Sidibe knew what he wanted uh, after he crossed the finish line um, of his 32,000... 3,200. 3,200... It's also... A, I get my numbers. My numbers are also not great either. Um, of his 3,200-mile journey in Manhattan on Sunday. A 10-minute shower... Uh, a 10-minute shower, Sidibe, who's 30, uh, said, I've been living in an RV van for three months, and a minute is all you get when you're trying to conserve, conserve water. Uh, Sidibe started his quest on March 1st from the sands of Huntington Beach, California, just below Los Angeles. Turn this on. Doing my thing. Um, completing the trip across 15 states in 84 days. That's nearly 40 miles a day. That's fucking crazy. Can you imagine running a marathon, like, every single day? Absolutely. I can't imagine running a marathon. That too. I, I was that kid in high school who, when the mile came, I would be, like, wheezing and crying. Can we talk about, I feel like, why do kids have to run the mile? Because running is really good for your heart. Yeah. It sucks. My my thing is, like, in elementary school, when you do, like, the, the, the half mile and then you do the mile for the first time, they make you practice for it. Like, you, you run in gym class. Yeah. And in middle school and high school, you don't. Yeah. You're just weird. expected to be able to, like, still do it. I don't know. Yeah, it feels weird. Um, about- I understand and appreciate the importance of gym class because it's really good for kids to have help, uh, like develop good habits and have a healthy heart at the same time fat kid in gym class with asthma boy oh boy sucked i don't, I don't have asthma but as a fellow fat person like there needs to be 
I just wish there was a better way to do gym class. Yeah. To make it. I will say, like, elementary school gym class where we did, like, fun shit all the time. Oh, like, yeah. do you remember we had, like, a, a circus unit? Oh, it was so much fun. Where we got to, like, jump off of things and, like. So much fun. Why? Although, why can't... do you remember those wheelie cart things? Yes. If you got your finger stuck under one of those, finger's gone. That's why you hug yourself and use your feet to steer and hope for the best. Yeah, your finger's fucking gone if it gets um, stuck under one of those. Do you ever use a skip it? I was terrible at those. If I destroyed a, my ankles with those. Oh, if a, if a skip it hits your ankle, your ankle's gone. Foot's obliterated. No, <laughs> no more feet for you. Walking around on stumps. Can you imagine if, if you attack... Those kids who had skippets, can you imagine, like, attaching, this is, like, apocalypse shit, um, attaching, like, a blade to a skippet and just sending, like, I a think fi- at that point it's just a mace. Send, sending a fifth grader out into, like, the zombie apocalypse with a skippet and just, like, decapitating yeah. all of the, like, ankles of... There was a time when I was so good at a skippet. My ankles were always purple. Oh, my God. But... I was good at the skip it. Um, I was. I don't think I was ever good at the skip it. I could do the. I could jump rope backwards, and I could crisscross. I could jump rope backwards. The second I tried crisscrossing, I would fall on my face. I made it into the five hundred club. I never did. Our gym. Our our gym teacher had a thing called the five hundred club, which was if you could jump rope. It's five minutes, right? Yeah, without messing up. Was it the three? No, it's yeah, the three hundred club because five minutes is three hundred seconds. Yeah, you jump roped until you messed up, and then you had to run. So everybody who hated running got good at jump rope. Me, yeah. I tried really hard, did not. Yeah. You know what was the worst? The jump ropes that had the little plastic beads on them. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. murder on your feet. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so about 300 people have documented finishing the transcontinental journey on foot, um, according to usacrossers.com. And you can actually look at his full journey um, on, uh, I guess you can like, there's a map of it on this uh, article. I can make noises. <laughs> um, I was living in Rochelle Park, New Jersey. So the debate was whether I wanted to start in New York and run to the West Coast or start in California and run East, Sadibe said. I talked with other runners and they told me to start on the West Coast to take advantage of the trail wind. Tailwind. Not trail wind. Uh, Sadibe said his biggest challenge came in the first 30 days as his mind and body adapted to the trip. Running 14 hours a day with no days off was tougher than you can ever imagine. Really? Because I think I can fucking imagine it. I can't. I literally cannot conceptualize that. I, like, I hate running so much. No, that's why I can fucking imagine, like, the challenge of having to do this. Like, I can't. Yeah. I, there used to be a point in my life where I was like, man, running a marathon would be really cool. And then I was like... It would be cool. I, I've thought about this a lot. I think it would be so cool to run a marathon. I do not think I would survive. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I had not done enough oxygen training, so altitude was kicking my butt, he said. 
Shin splints were a problem. My ankles were swollen. My Achilles were inflamed. My feet swelled. I went from a size 10 to a size 11 and a half. So sh the shoes I bought no longer fit. Oh, my God. Um... What, why, why do this to yourself? I don't know. Well, he's the first he's the first black man to ever do it. Okay, that's a good reason. Like um, that's the the sense of accomplishment is great. Yeah, he was also he's also sponsored by Gymshark. Oh nice. Um for the whole run. So he's a the former They couldn't buy him new shoes. I think they probably bought him new shoes. <laughs> um he was he was followed the entire time. Like he had yeah. a team with him. The entire time. Can you imagine doing this on your own? Without, Absolutely. I don't not. think you can't. I bet you probably can't. This is the, not the kind of thing you do without a team, especially as a yeah, especially as a black person. Yeah. Holy shit! Um, a native of Bamako, Mali, in West Africa, Sidibe was already a soccer fanatic when he first came to the U.S. at age seven, while his father pursued a doctorate on a Fulbright scholarship at Northern Illinois University. In DeKalb. Uh, soccer was the only game we knew, Sidibe said. If we got shoes, we were, we were told to take care of them because it might be years before we got another pair. This led Sidibe to adopt, adopt Souls for Souls as his charity during the run. This organization collects and redistributes used, used shoes and clothes to those in need. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, do um to say he's an inspiration is an understatement says souls for souls president that's souls is in mm -hmm. souls of shoes and souls is in like your heart not your heart <laughs> heart and souls yeah. is in heart and yeah um and uh, says souls for souls president and ceo buddy tester that's a great name uh, he's an amazing guy, and I wanted, and I want to thank Hella for all he's done for Souls for Souls. Sidibe returned to the U.S. Uh, returned to the U.S. with his mother as a high school freshman, while she completed her master's and doctorate at Northern Illinois. Soccer, the soccer standout played Division One at University at UMass Amherst. Uh, pride for our thing whatever i don't actually care about <laughs> i don't care about college sports uh they don't matter um but good for him uh where he also earned a degree in sociology uh he played major league soccer for the seattle sounders but had not thought about long distance running until fellow athlete paul wallace issued a 10 10 minute a day new year's running challenge my mother's home we also switched locations. I'm interested. I can't wait to go back and listen to this and see how this room compares with the very large room we were just in. Oh, we are in a waste. We're in my old bedroom turned we're, office. We are in, yeah, which is a much smaller room than the room we were in before. And there's lots of blankets. So I think the sign will be a lot crisper. Ooh, fun. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, also, we switched microphone orientation, so now I'm on the loud side. Mm. Mm. So, the article you're reading. Right. Hello, uh, Sidibe. Um, to make the cross-country journey, Sidibe needed sponsors. Gymshark, the fitness apparel and accessory retailer brand based in the United Kingdom, donated a recreational vehicle to serve as a home base and athletic clothing. V Vivo, Vivo, 
Vivo, I'm guessing. I don't fucking know. Um, Vivo, a plant-based nutrition company, provided food and nutritional guidance for Sidibe, who is who's been vegan for five years. That's cool. His best friend, kinesiologist. I'm shocked. I know how to say that correctly. Yeah, kinesiologist and fitness nutritionist. Fit. Ah, oh, man, I was so close. And fitness nutrition specialist Garrett Jones agreed to drive the RV. His job was to drive five miles ahead to provide rest stops, where Sidibe would faithfully draw a marker with his foot in, a, in the roadside dirt to assure himself that he did not skip any distance of the trip. Girlfriend Alexa Torres, wh- whom Sidibe met in college, volunteered to drive an escort car, plot the cross-country route, and record video for a possible docuseries. That's cool. I saw his videos on TikTok and Instagram. I followed him on Instagram after I saw his videos on TikTok because I was like, this is fucking dope as shit. Um, This is the place, this is the office I normally record in when I'm home, by the way. Um, I was, to go off topic for a second, um, I was surprised by how many food deserts there are in the country, Torres, said Torres, a Vernon native. Uh, We... Complain if we had to drive two minutes to a store. There are many places in this country where people drive 50 miles to buy food. This is true. Mm-hmm. Part of Tora's job was logistics, finding a safe spot to park the large vehicle overnight. Between camps and bus and box stores, Torres said they managed until they managed until Wednesday when they received their first dreaded 6 a.m. bang on the door from police ordering them to mo- move. On from Philadelphia, breeding has broken down, from Pennsylvania parking lot of a box store that had allowed them overnight privileges on in other states. Torres and Sidibe agreed that they were overwhelmed by the positive response to their quest from strangers, including police, fellow runners, who would fellow runners would drive hours to join Sidibe for a five mile stretch? That's really cool. That's like in Forrest Gump. I haven't actually seen Forrest Gump. All the the only part of Forrest Gump that I remember is the bit where he's running across the country and random runners would just come up and join him for a little while. That's cool. I that's really cool. It's nice to know that that actually happens in real life. Yeah, I saw the videos of him running in New York City. Oh, nice. Um, and, like, people, like, he had, like, a... Because he's not running very fast. Because um, when you're running, like, 40 miles a day, you don't run... You don't go... You're not sprinting. Yeah. Um, people would see me driving on the shoulder with my blinkers on and stop to ask if I needed help, Torres said. I don't see that much, so much in New Jersey. Sidibe said one police officer pulled a gun... Pulled his gun when he could not be convinced quickly enough of the runner's story, but police were generally friendly, stopping to check on their safety. Well, had to happen at least once in this fucking country. That's scary. That's terrifying. Um, I... (sighs) I'm gonna move on, because I don't want to go down a fucking rabbit hole. Um... They said, oh, I saw you on Instagram or TikTok, Sidibe said. 
he has hundreds of thousands of followers on his hella good social media accounts, which is a great. That's um, H-E-L-L-A-H-G-O-O-D, uh, if you want to follow him after this. Uh, Sidibe is one of only... Oh, I thought he was the first one. I guess not. Um, I thought he was. Um, uh, Sidibe is one of only a few black men to make the cross-country run, and he endured several jogging while black incidents. One woman inexplicably tried to stab him, and the police had to be called. Uh, then there were a truck full of boys who pulled up and issued racial slurs. Several people called the police on him. I took to carrying trekking poles, which I used for going up hills for traction, Sidibe said, because it gave me a prop to prove that I was just hiking if the police stopped me, Sidibe said. But he brushed off the incidents. The best part of the trip was meeting amazing people, Sidibe said. And that's, that's, the, that's the end of the article. Maybe it's just a journalism thing, a written journal, that they just... Yeah, it's just a sudden and abrupt end to an article. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, Hela Sidibe, he finished, um, last, when was it? He finished the trek last Wednesday? May 24th. Nope, that was, yeah, Wednesday. Four days ago? Monday. What Today's, today's Friday. Theoretically, this episode will go up tomorrow, and last week's episode will go up today. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Who's to say? Who's to say? Um, yeah, we've been a little behind. Things happened. I graduated from college. You did. Congratulations. Thank you. I did a thing. Forgot to send you my audio. Like a goof. I edited last week's episode. Or the, the week before last. Oop, oop, oop that, We've got two cuts of that episode that are probably almost identical. Be fun to listen to them someday. Um, yeah. Um... That is really cool. Director's cut. <laughs> I hate running, but I admire... I love, like, really, like, just people who do, like, just wild endurance things. This is like, a really cool story, and I would love to drive the car Yeah. with somebody who was doing this. I, for a really long time, was obsessed with... Oh, I don't remember her name. The, the first woman to swim the English Channel. Ooh, I used to know this. I'm Googling it. Um, I had a friend who really wanted to swim the English Channel. Gertrude Ederl. We could do it. We'd have to train a lot. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about cold water, though. Well, but you're not, you like, you're not, like, in a bikini, like True. or like a regular bathing suit. You're in a fucking wetsuit. Wetsuit, that thing, yeah. Or a dry suit, depending. You're in a on the season skin suit. Nope, that's not what it is. Somebody else's skin. <laughs> you're in um, a you're in a suit. Yeah. Um. What? And also, you can do it in one day. Yeah. It can be done in. It can be done in a day. Um, How big is the English Channel? Well, at its shortest point, at the point where most people swim, not that long. Now you having me thinking about that French film. Did you watch that? Sorry, if you were wondering, it's 21 miles across. At its shortest point? Yeah. That is where the swim is, is 21 miles. Oh. 
I mean, it would take a lot of training. Maybe I don't want to sell the English <laughs> channel. And it would take a long time, depending on how fast you are. When I was, like, swimming regularly, I could swim a mile in, un, in like, 20-ish minutes. Um, so that would be, like, what? If you kept that pace. If I kept that pace. Which, okay, let's be, let's be round up and say it would take 40 minutes to swim a mile. 21 times 40 minutes would be... I don't think you should round up to 40. That feels like a lot. <laughs> round up to 30, then? Yeah. Okay. Then it would take you... 21 divided by 2? 10 and a half hours of nonstop swimming. Mmm. So let's just call it 12. Yeah. Like half a day. Less time than he was running a day. Holy shit. That's insane to think about, actually. Once you add that... that Oh my god. He spent more than half of each day running. He probably wasn't running non-stop, though. Yeah. But still, that's... I can barely run for, like, 20 minutes. I can... The thing is, I can go on an elliptical. Mm. It's just, like, my knees hurt. My chest hurts. It's the asthma. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Shall we... Shall we transition to the middle bit? Yeah, I'm getting an ad for, um, Cruella <laughs> on this page. Um, we were talking about this before we started re-recording, or before we started recording the second half. Yep. And it, um, I cannot express how much I hate the concept of Cruella. It makes me so angry. Yeah, what, girl bossing? Just girl bossifying the puppy killer. Mm-hmm. Like, even in, like, even in, like, dumb... Disney parodies where they're like all of the villains were actually just victims. Nobody can paint Cruella Deville as the victim because her whole thing was she wanted to kill puppies. Yeah, to oh. make a coat. Like it would be one thing if she was like killing puppies to save her family or whatever. But no, she just wanted a. Coat. Would it be one thing if she was killing puppies to save her family though? I mean, it really depends on the context. It reminds me, so, sorry, this is, this is, like, this is a big leap, but it's something I think about a lot. I hate, what is his name? He's a very famous documentary filmmaker. Oh, Michael Moore? Yes. I hate him. Yep. He made a documentary. He's the worst. About Flint, Michigan, before the water crisis was, like, national news. But he, he had these two scenes back to back. And one of them was a man being killed in the street by police. And then the next scene was a woman who raised rabbits for meat because her family and her neighbors were so poor, that was all the meat they could afford, was the rabbits that she was raising. And he made it seem like this woman killing rabbits for meat was worse than the man dying in the street. Like, the way he set it up. I hate He my tried own. to paint it as, like... Look at look at these people and the blanks that they'll go to. And like I hate Michael Moore. I hate him. He also um deliberately put the clips in such an order that implied certain things happened in certain orders that they didn't happen in. I hate him. Um but, anyway. But back to Cruella. I just want to go see a movie. That's so valid. I'm just I'm so afraid I'm so afraid that I'm gonna, if I see Cruella, 
The thing is... I'll see it and I'll tell you about it. And the stone it. is hot. But I'll tell you about it. I'm just afraid of watching Cruella and being attracted to Cruella DeVille. That's really it. I'll let you know. Like, I hate the concept in general, and I don't want to support it financially, but mainly I'm afraid Emma of- Stone is hot, but I don't think Cruella is hot. Me neither. I've watched However, the- tra- watched the trailer. She's not hot. I'm- I'm fear. Girl boss gaslight gatekeep. Exactly. Um. What was that? Gaslight girl- Gaslight girl keep gate uh, boss? Girl- <laughs> Girl keep gas boss gate light. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, follow us on Twitter at HYHTGN podcast. Send us an email at HYHTGN podcast at gmail.com. That's the one. Follow us at Tendence Only on Twitter. Um, theoretically, I'm going to try real hard to get the first episode of our other podcast up soon. Um, so follow Tangents Only for updates on that. Um, drink water. <laughs> oh, that made a fun sound. You literally need it to survive, and, um, with the summer, uh, what was it? Uh, put sunscreen on? Oh, yeah, definitely. But what I was going to say is, um, now that it's summertime, try the new version of water. Oh, but ice. ice. Try the new hard and crunchy version. <laughs> the hard, cold water. Um, yeah. Um, are, would you like... I have two headlines without context. Oh, two. I get two? Yeah. First one is... Late night co-host Dave Grohl shares relatable story about finding his mom drinking with Green Day. Oh my god. First of all, you know he's coming to Boston Calling, right? That's literally one of the articles I have open, is the the Boston Calling headliners. Oh, cool. Foo Fighters and Rage Against the Machine. They haven't announced anybody else, and I'm, I want to know. What's the other article without context? Oh, yes. Um... This is the one I'm very excited about. Sir Elton John says Lil Nas X is one of his heroes and has balls of steel as he accepts Icon Award at iHeartRadio Music Awards. Yes. I love Elton John. I love both of them. Did you hear about... Did you see Lil Nas on SNL? No. Did you not hear about this? No. Lil Nas was gonna do his poll routine. Oh! Oh, so you did hear about that? Yes, I didn't realize that was on SNL. It was on SNL. Lil Nas was gonna go... He doesn't trust pants anymore. He's just wear skirts. Um, That's what he... He wore a skirt to the next event he went to and went, I don't trust pants anymore. Yeah, Lil Nas um, was gonna do his poll routine on SNL for Montero and then split his pants on live television and um, is a king. And I love him very much. Yeah? Oh, God. I love... Will Nas so much. Did you have you heard his other song that came out? Which one? I forget what it's called. <laughs> the the most recent one. I believe so. The one I about fo- I follow him on Spotify, so every time he the comes one about out him, him the one about him being gay as a youth. Yes, yes. That song is so good. The music video literally made me cry. You know what music video makes me cry? Mm. I don't know why. I don't remember why, but I watched it at one in the morning last night because I was having a time, you know. Um, And it's the Tony performance of Ring of Keys from Fun Home. I don't know if you've seen the video. Mm -mm. But the way it is staged, 
little baby Allison turns and is facing adult grown Allison oh. as she's singing. Are you familiar with Ring of Keys? No, I don't. Are you familiar with the musical Fun Home? Yes. Okay. So Ring of Keys is a song about the first time uh, Allison Bechdel, the main character. Right. And famous comic artist and creator of the Bechdel test. Right. Um, the first time she sees a butch lesbian, or like a butch woman in real life. Right, right, right. Um, and she's like, just like astounded by this woman. And in like, just like, I didn't know, like there's a, there's a, I don't remember what the exact line is, but it's basically, I didn't know that this was allowed. Um, like right. I didn't know I could be this. Right, 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 right. And it's beautiful. But in the Tony, the Tony's performance, they, the way the staging works is the baby Allison is facing adult Allison when she's singing to this woman that they saw as a child. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you get to see Allison watching herself learn about butch, le butch lesbian Allison, watch her childhood self learn about butch lesbians. Oh, that's really cool. It's beautiful. I, if you have not heard the song Ring of Keys, I highly recommend it. It's very pretty and beautiful. Um, and speaking of musicals, my article. Is it about Ratatouille again? No. Um, there is, uh... Is it about Dear Evan Hansen? Because I swear to God, I'll chuck myself right out the fucking okay, window. Okay, Dear Evan Hansen is part of it. It's not about the movie. <laughs> okay, no. okay, okay. So this comes to us from Playbill.com. This is an article by Logan Colwell Block. And it is Moulin Rouge, Dear Evan Hansen, and more to be featured at the Broadway's Back concert which is supporting New York City public school teachers and students. Oh, wow, cool. Um, a daytime concert will be held at Manhattan's Marseille restaurant and streamed live to students across all five boroughs. Uh, education nonprofit Inside Broadway is giving back to NYC area public high school students and teachers with a live concert featuring performance from performers <laughs> from Moulin Rouge... Diana, Dear Evan Hansen, Wicked, The Lion King, and Chicago. Have you, is, is that restaurant the one, because when I, last time I was, not last time I was in New York, I've been to New York more recently than that, but, um, way more recently than that, but there's a restaurant in New York where the gimmick is all of the waiter, all of the wait staff are all singers and dancers. Oh, I've heard, I've never been there, I've I, heard of it. I went there with my mom before we went to see Mamma Mia. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, cause we went to go see Hindsight, you know, I wish I, kind of wish I'd gone to see another show, but. I don't. But also, um. <laughs> I really wanted to go see Mamma Mia. Um, one time we were at TKTS and they had Mamma Mia and Rock of Ages. And my dad was like, your cousin who's a boy doesn't want to see, uh, Mamma Mia. So we're going to watch Rock of Ages and it sucked. Yeah, Rock of Ages kind of sucks. Um. But I've seen the, the I've seen the movie version of it, mm. and it's you know the movie version is fine. It's fine. The musical version is just not entertaining. So yeah, we were also at TKTS, and I didn't. The thing is, I didn't know any. I was in eight, this is the summer before eighth grade, before ninth grade. I don't remember. It was either yeah one of those two, and we were at TKTS, and. We were looking at all of them, and it was, like, Pippin, Newsies, I think Jersey Boys, a bunch of other sh a bunch of, a bunch of other shit, and then, um, 
Mamma Mia. And I was like, Mamma Mia. Because I knew I was, I knew I was going to have fun. Yeah. If the producers had been there, it would have been the, oh, produ- yeah. it would have, producers, I don't know if you know this about me, producers is my favorite musical. Um, mostly because I fucking love Mel Brooks. Um, I love Mel Brooks. Who doesn't love Mel Brooks? Uh, because Mel Brooks' big thing is, um, Hitler dumb. I'm Jewish, Hitler dumb. I think he's the single best satirist of, of any generation ever. Um, it's an education nonprofit is doing a thing. The 70-minute concert will be held at the Marseille restaurant May 26th. That was two days ago. It was held? At 11.30 a.m. for an audience of 25 vaccinated educators. A live stream... They got the Fauci ouchie. <laughs> A live stream of the event will be available to view for students and teachers across all five boroughs for 30 days. So it's still available. Yes, for NYC students. So Um, not for me. I believe, I think I saw somewhere that um, you can pay pay to watch it if you're not a student and the money goes towards the organization. The event will be hosted by Ken. Um, Ken J, Broadway's upcoming Caroline or Change, and will feature performances by Tony nominee Sar Ngauja from Moulin Rouge, Holly Ann Butler from Diana, Zachary Noah Pizer from Dear Evan Hansen, Jennifer Denoya from Wicked, Natalisang Nikela from The Lion King, Haley Swindoll from Chicago, and Jeremy Stoll from The Phantom of the Opera. Um, the concert... I was about to sing some Phantom because it was the only one I could think of off the top of my head, and then I decided not to because I know your history. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, the concert, titled Broadway's Back, follows two changing school years touched by a pandemic. So they 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 made their own musical, I guess. Um, Okie dokie. Follows two challenging school years touched by a pandemic and distance learning. Inside Broadway hopes this virtual field trip will provide entertainment for students and teachers both in both in schools and remotely. Inside Broadway was created by Mike Mike Michael. (laughs) (laughs) You're good. Inside Broadway was created by Michael Presser in 1982 in collaboration with the Schubert Organization. The nonprofit today reaches more than 70,000 students in more than 100 public schools in New York City each year. Come back. Sometimes I forget how big New York City is. Yeah. Uh, programs include an annual musical production that tours schools, plus many educational programs that offer students a chance to interact with industry professionals. That's the end of the article. Oh, that's it? Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's just, I, I think it's really cool. I thought it was interesting, and I knew it was going to be short, because it's from Playbill.com, who are not known for their vo- verbose articles. <laughs> um, um, I think that's really cool. I love that they're doing it for the students of New York City. Now, I don't know, do they always, like, write their own, create their own show? I don't think so. Because I don't... Well, because the, so the, the organization normally, uh tours musicals through public schools and uh like has school interactions with famous broadway people right um not doing a concert for all of the students do you want to know what's weird i'm just thinking about like 
when Dear Evan Hansen did come out, can you imagine just like, well, would, would this have been, uh, I'm trying to think, because wasn't Ben Platt, who was in Dear Evan Hansen, did he get that app, he got that before he was in Pitch Perfect? I believe it was after the first Pitch Perfect movie, but before the second one, so like, was can he you, in the first one? Yeah, he was. Okay. Can you imagine, like, him touring schools and being like, hey, you're the dude from Pitch Perfect? Yeah. Um, side note, uh, because we brought up Broadway, I feel the need to say that the Dear Evan Hansen movie looks so dumb. It's a 27-year-old man. It's a full adult man. It's a 27-year-old man. That is a full adult man. It's a fully grown human person. That's like a full, that's like a full, that's like a dude. Also, like, why not just make, like, change the choreography a little bit and incorporate cameras like they do with other Instead of making, like, a movie movie. Yeah, like, do, a, do like, what they did with Hamilton. Like, yeah. do a recording of, like... I will say, in terms of movies of musicals, they can be really good. For instance, Mamma Mia. Yeah, but I feel like Mamma Mia, like, inherently... it w- No, it was a musical first. I believe so. Y- yes, it was. It came out in 2002. Don't ask me how I know that, but I just... It's in there. Um... The thing about Mamma Mia is I feel like that story inherently lends itself really well to being a movie. Mm-hmm. And also, it's in Greece. Yeah. You, they got, they were able to film on location. Yeah. It, it's... I feel like it would be a disservice to, like, not do that, yeah. you know? Because it'd be so much, like... What are your thoughts on the Rent movie versus the musical? People, it's very divisive. I haven't actually seen the Rent movie, I think. Or not in a really long... It's been a... No, I have. It's just been a long, long, long time. Isn't the... Who's the the main actress? She's not... She's not what She's white. Right? No. Yes? I have no idea who you're talking about. Rent? Yes. The main, the actress who plays the main character. Wh- which main character? Oh. It's an ensemble musical. Fuck. See, I know nothing about Rent, because I, I, um, the two, the, I, we, we're not talking about the 2005 one, right? Or are we talking about the 2005 one? With Rosario Dawson? Or Yeah. Oh. I'm thinking of a different... I'm thinking of a different one. Which was there one, another Rent movie? Which one am I thinking? There is, there is a like a filmed version of the musical. What am I thinking of then? I don't know. What is the what's the really famous one with the snapping the the oh West Side Story? Yeah, I was thinking of West Side Story. <laughs> Very different. I was fully, fully thinking of West Side Story. I was fully, fully thinking of West Side Story. So, um, ignore everything I just said. Um, I have no opinions on the Rent movie versus the musical. Head empty. No thoughts about that. Do you have opinions? Um, I just, I was just curious. Because, like, I, so I saw the movie before I like, listened to slash watched the musical. Did it, um, which came first? 
The musical came first. Yeah. But okay. I had access to the movie and not the musical. Right, right, right. Um, and I, I thought it was a good movie. And then I, like, listened to the musical and I was like, oh, I understand why people didn't like the movie as much as the musical. Because, um, you know, the musical is, like, better. Yeah. <laughs> not like, I don't hate the movie. I like the movie. I just, you know. Yeah, no, that makes sense. You know who I really want to do? I was, who was I talking with? You know who I really, really want to do a musical? Who? I, I guess, I guess School Days is kind of a musical, sort of, but I really want Spike Lee to fully do a musical. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know what he would do with the genre, but, like, School Days has some musical numbers in it, um... But I want I want a Spike Lee musical. You know who else I want a musical from? The Coen Brothers. And I know Hail Caesar was sort that it had a couple musical numbers in it, but like, you know. Yeah. You know who I don't want a musical from? Quentin Tarantino. Well, obviously, <laughs> but I was gonna say Wes Anderson. I just. I think he could do something really interesting. He with could a do. Musical. I just feel like it'd be funky. Yeah. Well, like I feel like a lot of musicals. Like, when you when you talk about, like, what makes a good musical, especially, like, a movie musical, it's, like, surrealism, generally speaking, is what makes a good mus- movie musical or musical mm-hmm. episode. And, like, he he do do surrealism. He do do that, yeah. Who do you, who do you think could make, if you could, our, my, our, our dear friend Jack asked this on the Mamma Mia, here we go again, episode of his podcast. Not to fully, fully name drop. Although he did name drop me on that episode. Not our podcast. But it doesn't matter. But um, if you could see any director mm-hmm. do a musical. Taika Waititi. <laughs> okay. I don't know what it would be, but it would be so funny. Yeah. Dude. Hang on. New Thruple. <laughs> New Thruple dropped. <laughs> What? <laughs> With Taika Waititi. Did you hear about this? No. New Thruple just dropped. <laughs> Lainey, Lainey, oh my god, Lainey, when I saw her over the weekend, Lainey came into the house and they go, hey, did you hear New Thruple just dropped? But yeah, it's, t- well, it's actually, I think it's a polycule, but, um, mm. I hate, but it's like Taika Waititi, um, Rita Ora, Tessa Thompson, and some other guy. Good for them. Yeah. Well, I mean, he did have a wife and kids. But they were separated, I believe. Okay. Because he cheated. Oof. But I think it's okay. But it's okay. But, yeah. Are you, what are you looking up? Are you looking up Taika Waititi Polycule? I did call it a quapple, which I don't like any, I don't like quapple. I don't like thruple either. Um, I believe the more popular Treddy? term is a triad for three. Triad. See, when you say triad, do you want to know what I think of? I think of the nuclear triad. I think about the, um, oh my god, what's it called? The triads, which is a gang in Legend of Korra. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's a gang. I think of, but I think of the nuclear triad. Okay. According to unreliable gossip rags, Taika Waititi and his wife had been separated for a yeah. long time before he got yes. any other relationships. Yes. 
And it was not a cheating thing. No. No, but they had separated. According to the gossip rags, that's not when oh. they broke up. Oh. They had just, they separated before any of the cheating stuff came yeah, up. Yeah, but I'd heard, I'd heard that they, the, the reason they had initially had separated was because of... Yeah. Unfortunately, none of these websites are reliable. It doesn't matter, but they had been separated for a while. They had been separated. Whatever. Celebrities are people. They are not infallible. As yeah. as goes back to the beginning of this episode. It's very circular. Any... Wow. Cyclical. Wait, but I'm trying to think of... I would want to see Taika Waititi. Uh, anybody else? Um, I don't know... It would have to be some kind of, like, action comedy musical with a lot of, like, interesting choreography. Because he already does a lot of stuff with interesting choreography. Edgar Wright. Oh, yeah. Because he does really cool fight choreography. Yeah. And, and he doesn't do it. But he gets really he gets good people cho- choreographies, choreographers to do really good fight choreography. Yeah. Um, I was thinking... Oh, my God. Could you imagine a Shaun of the Dead musical? <gasps> You've spoken it in, into existence. Like, I hope so. Um, no, I was thinking Ryan Johnson, but not the <laughs> Ryan John the Ryan Johnson who did Knives Out that level, not the Ryan Johnson who <laughs> did the same man. Yeah, but he learned from his fuck up. Have you seen the thing? Speaking of news, have you seen the thing where recently J.J. Abrams was like, maybe we should have had a plan for the sequel trilogy. Oh my god. Let me find the exact Well, quote. he did. I thought he did have a plan. Nope. He did he did they wait, is this confirming that he straight up had zero plan at all? No plan, had empty no thoughts from from the get-go. Um seriously, did So this is this is from 2 days ago. Wait, did he seriously is he confirming had empty no thoughts from the be- very beginning? Are you fucking kidding me? Um so uh <laughs> So this is, um, I'm, I'm going to read the whole article because it's very short. This is from CNET. Uh, this article is by Jennifer Bisset. Bonus, this, bonus article. Bonus article. This is from two days ago. Star Wars J.J. Abrams says he's learned having a plan can be critical. Having a plan, I have learned, in some cases, the hard way, is the most critical thing, the director tells Collider. In celebrating the 10th anniversary of nostalgic 70s set sci-fi flick Super 8, J.J. Abrams faced questions about a different sci-fi movie, one which didn't receive quite the same response. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, the final film in the Star Wars sequel trilogy, divided fans. Criticism was aimed at the creative handoff between directors Abrams and Ryan Johnson, who took The Last Jedi, the middle chapter. You really... You just really never know, but having a plan, I have learned, in some cases the hard way, is the most critical thing because otherwise you don't know what you're setting up, Abrams told Collider when asked if he thought the trilogy would have benefited from being planned from the outset. That's it, that's the article. But, um... Well, you know, okay, well, J.J. Abrams' plan was to make Snoke the villain the whole time. It's just, but they did, they didn't have a plan... Well, his whole, well, the overarching thing was to make Snoke the villain the whole time, and then Ryan Johnson came in and was like, wouldn't it be fun if we killed him? Yeah. Um, and then, and then he had, and then so, so J.J. Abrams to the last one was like, well, what are we fucking gonna do now? I guess we'll bring back Palpatine. 
I've got a, I've got some great headlines. Again, don't read, just read the headline, but some great uh, headlines about this. I G- like how this J. is J. a, te- Abrams- wait, 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 can I make a comment about don't just read the headline? I mm-hmm. like how this is a textbook example of do as we say, not as we do, because on the one hand, we do like to read the full article, but we do have a whole thing where we give a headline without any more context. <laughs> and that's the joke, you know. Yeah. But some, some headlines about this. J.J. Abrams admits Star Wars sequel trilogy probably should have had a plan. J.J. Abrams says, having a plan is most critical when asked about Star Wars storytelling. Star Wars secret chili- sequel trilogy, J.J. Abrams reveals there wasn't a plan. <laughs> Star Wars, J.J. Abrams says he's learned having a plan can be critical. Oh my god. Oh my god. J.J. Abrams, this is from Esquire, J.J. Abrams admits the obvious, Disney didn't have a real plan when they made the new Star Wars trilogy. (laughs) Oh my god. I just, just, I learned the hard way that you may, you may not realize it, but having a plan is the most critical thing. You know what this is? This is textbook the arrogance of white men. Exactly. Yes. I believe I first heard about this from a TikTok that was basically saying, can you imagine being a white man? This is so, like, just one of the most infamous beloved worldwide franchises, and he just went into it without a plan. He was like, I'm gonna make this guy, let's make this guy villain the whole time. But other than that, let's kind of, like, fly by the seat of our pants. Yeah, we don't, we don't need a story structure. Who needs that? Who needs that? Just, I... This is so funny. Not, this is not me defending J.J. Abrams by saying he was gonna make Snoke the villain the whole oh, time. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that, you know, the reason why... Part of the reason why Rise of Skywalker sucked so bad is because... And the reason why there was no foreshadowing with Palpatine being the villain the whole time is because there was... Literally no foreshadowing with Palpatine being the villain the whole time because Ryan Johnson killed the guy who was supposed to be the main villain the whole time. Sorry. Um, I grabbed the microphone because Rise of Skywalker sucked so bad. My when I came out of the <laughs> that movie, movie sucked so bad. I my my description of the new Star Wars trilogy was like when a bunch of kids are playing pretend. Like, with toys or whatever, and then and one of them goes, and then this happened, and the other kid snatches the toy and goes, no, this happened, and then the first kid snatches the toy back and goes, but then this happened. Yeah. Because they can't agree. Yeah. But it, 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 it felt like little kids fighting over action figures. Like, that's what the trilogy felt like. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good way to boil it down. Because that's what they are. They're toddlers fighting over action figures, but instead of action figures, it's a billion dollar franchise. Yeah, which is why when we look at um, The Mandalorian, it's just so much better because they gave it to a a Polynesian <laughs> Gazintite. Excuse me. They gave it to um, Taika Waititi, a, a Polynesian Jew. An adult. And a human person. <laughs> a real adult man. You know, you know, sorry, this isn't related, but the way you said human person reminded me, um, sometimes I will be driving, and this is, this is very Massachusetts of me, but sometimes I will be driving, and someone else will do something, and I'll be like, did, 
are you an adult? Like, do you have, like, what in the world like, somebody will was do some- going through your head? Somebody will do something and be like, I can't believe you are allowed to vote. Not even that, just like, who gave you a driver's license? Like, yeah. that was so dangerous and it endangered everyone around you. Oh, yeah. And yet you don't seem to have noticed that it wasn't something you should do. It's like when I see somebody with their foot out the window while they're driving. <laughs> That's a power move, actually. It scares the fuck out of me. Um, or like, this is, this is random. But yet, the thi- there's nothing that frustrates me more than somebody who, under normal conditions, not like low visibility or it's pouring or whatever, but under normal conditions, somebody who's driving below, like, well below the speed limit. So fucking slow. Oh my god. It makes me so mad. It just... Especially on, like, one lane high, like, one lane highways. Yeah. Like, (sighs) makes me angry. I just... Or, you know what makes me more angry? Directly at the speed limit. Technically, what you should be doing. However, inconvenient and goes not with the flow of traffic, which is the the override component. Yep. This is just evolving into us being mass. Should we end the episode? You have heard the good news about literally so many things. Jellyfish. Jellyfish. Celebrities. Um. Oh, Hella Sadibe. Go follow him on Instagram. Um. At Hella Good. H-E-L-L-A-H, good, G-O-O-D. Um, he finished his his run. Congrats. God, he must be so, like... Ready to sleep for a month. Ripped. I was going to say ripped. Um, um, Foo Elton Fighter, John. Elton John and the Foo Fighters. Um, Dave Grohl's friend of, mom. <laughs> Dave Grohl's mom, friend of the podcast, Lil Nas. Um, and uh, musicals. Musicals and what were we just talking? JJ fucking Abrams and Star Wars. Oh, we confirmed Star Wars didn't have a plan. All of the people on YouTube being like, "Wow, Star Wars really felt like it wasn't planned." Confirmed. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I've been Sophia. I've been Cat slash Dylan. You have heard the good news. Yeah, I know. No, it was good news. Yeah. Yeah. Good night and good news. And I will catch you on the flip side.